What up, Doe? You are tuning in to the Green Vaccine, providing sun salutations for all you fun pals of the nation. I'm your host, Dan Finn, and you've just been jamming out to some bumpin' R&B throwback mixes provided by our resident DJ, DJ Kilikev. Today's story is sponsored by the Thanks Obama Committee. So today we start with Thanks Obama for banning Arctic and Atlantic regions of offshore drilling of oil. President Obama moved to solidify his environmental legacy Tuesday by withdrawing hundreds of millions of acres of federally owned land in the Arctic and Atlantic oceans from new offshore oil and gas drilling. Obama used a little-known law called the Outer Continental Shelf Lands Act to protect large portions of the Chukchi uh, and Belfort Seas in the Arctic and a string of canyons in the Atlantic stretching from Massachusetts to Virginia. In addition to a five-year moratorium already in place in the Atlantic, removing the canyons from drilling puts much of the eastern seaboard off-limits to oil exploration, even if companies develop plans to operate around them. So this goes on to say that Trump, uh, his administration is going to have a hard time getting around this executive action because of this moratorium that's going for five years. Within Trump's first term of presidency, he can't um, undo this uh, decree that Obama has done. And so, thanks, Obama. In partially connected relative news, the RT reports of studies gathered from a NASA space laser that detects an eco-disaster in the Arctic Ocean. A tiny organism at the base of the food chain, but vital for life to exist on Earth, is, all, is under threat. According to data collected by a NASA satellite that has been firing a laser into the ocean for a decade. Phytoplankton, a tiny plant organism living near the Earth's poles, is an essential food source for ocean dwellers. It also sucks in carbon dioxide, assisting with the planet's carbon cycle, contributing to up to 85% of the planet's breathable oxygen. The new findings by NASA worryingly indicate that the species' boom-and-bust population is heavily threatened by, by melting ice caps caused by global warming. The population was also found to cause phytoplankton blooms in the Arctic region when its growth rates allow it to outgrow the fish that prey on it. As its growth rate stops, the fish that depend on it catch up. The take-home message is that if we want to understand the biological food web and production of the polar systems as a whole, we have to focus both on changes in ice cover and changes in the ecosystem that regulate this delicate balance between predators and prey. That was said from marine plankton expert Michael Berenfeld. So to tie this up, the ecosystem of the Arctic Ocean is heavily at risk from the melting ice caps that are happening in the northern Arctic seas and Antarctica. And so Obama has really helped out this long-term concern that could drastically uh, – worsen the state of the con of the ecological conditions in the North Arctic Sea uh, by Obama uh, and along with Justin Trudeau by the way the Prime Minister of Canada he also banned off Arctic lands uh, in addition 
with in unison with Obama's uh, executive order that he's just done on Tuesday. So this really helps out the Arctic region, and maybe we can try to figure out the phytoplankton population threat that is undergoing because uh, plankton is so microscopic. People forget about it, but it's so key. I mean, what if mosquitoes went out? Like as much as we don't even think about it, or maybe mosquitoes are worthless. Maybe I'm I'm thinking no worms, dude. Like worms are a much better example. You know, if if that's something so small we don't think about it, but if if worms went out, I mean, the bees is the most relevant example because that's actually happening. You know, something so small, but it is being under threat from the chemical uh, productions of uh, the the farm treatments that are done by uh, Bayer and uh, now Monsanto, which is probably going to be bought by them. Anyway, thanks, Obama. You're saving the Arctic Sea. Maybe we can get plankton to uh, regrow uh, or to stabilize the the ecological balance of predator and prey in the marine biology. Maybe we'll give them some chum. All right. DJ Killer Kev is going to take it back. We're going to take it up, bust our back as we move to the clickety-clack.
first international story is to report that India predicts it will exceed Paris renewable energy targets by a significant percentage, uh, by half even. Uh, the Indi- Indian government has forecast that it will exceed the renewable energy target set in Paris last year by nearly half and three years ahead of schedule. A draft 10-year energy blueprint published this week predicts India will be generating 50% of its electricity from renewable sources by 2027. The Paris Climate Accord target was 40% by 2030. So, three years and almost 20%, 17%. So, they're rounding up to 20 to say by half the amount of 40. The forecast reflects an increase in private sector investment in India, Indian renewable energy projects over the past year. So, India also just built the largest solar power plant in uh, the world, you know, outdoing the second largest one now in California. Tim Buckley, a director at the Institute for Energy, Economics, and Financial Analysis, said India had made up the shortfall with an influx of capital from the domestic and overseas private sectors in the past 12 months. India is moving beyond fossil fuels at a pace scarcely imagined only two years ago, he said. Goyal has put forward an energy plan that is commercially viable and commercially justified without subsidies. So you have big global corporations and utilities committing to it. And guys, this is fantastic news because India with its high population and its high industry 
uh, in reflection of that was that huge uh, carbon dioxide emission output. So the fact that they are meeting the standards of the Paris climate is fantastic news that they're so quickly going ahead. It's important to point out that private sectors are also investing into this from overseas. So they're, they're Japanese and European and American, you know, like uh, companies and foundations from all over the world are throwing money at this effort to make India um, a 50% renewable by 2030. And so we need China, but China is also going at it by converting coal into nuclear. Russia needs to take part. America especially needs to take part. Europe actually is not that much of a worry, I honestly, for me. It, I'm more worried about the U.S. Uh, co- committing to its renewable energy pact with their Paris Treaty. Um, well, thanks, Obama, for helping us meet that renewable energy target a little bit by banning in the Arctic and Atlantic Oceans. In the motherland of Africa, in Nigeria, plastic rice was seized, confiscated, two and a half tons of plastic rice that was being smuggled into the country by unscrupulous businessmen. Lagos Customs Chief Haruna Mamudu said the fake rice was intended to be sold in markets during the festive season. He said the rice was very sticky after it was boiled, and only God knows what have would have happened if people ate it. It is not clear where the sea sacks came from, but rice made from plastic pellets was found in China last year. Rice is the most popular staple food in Nigeria. The BBC's Peter Okwokche says it is the only foodstuff that crosses cultural and ethnic lines across the country. Whoever made this fake rice did an exceptionally good job. On first impression, it would have fooled me. When I ran the grains through my fingers, nothing felt out of the ordinary. But when I smelt a handful of the rice, there was a faint chemical odor. Customs officials say when they cooked up the rice, it was too sticky. And it was then abundantly clear that this was no ordinary batch. Fake food scandals are thankfully rare in Nigeria when you compare it to countries such as China. Dang, that's a smackdown about the bureaucracy of Nigeria saying that they are more stringent and uh, uh, direct. uh, They they strike more precision in their uh, borders and customs regulation or uh, surveillance than China. And China is having these problems. So it's just crazy to imagine what despicable person or what organization was trying to distribute two and a half tons of inedible rice that was going to poison, you know, kill people like several Nigerians. It's like a systematic uh, plan of terror in a way, like something uh, Lex Luthor or McBain would do. You know, <laughs> that's it's just so lethal. It's it's uh it's beyond comprehension, really, and it's it's thankful that this uh this scare was avoided. So to wrap this up from the observations that I'm doing right now in this cold winter with the snow on the ground, winter just started this week, folks. Just keep that in mind that it wasn't officially winter yet until all this snow came. No, nope, no, nope, we had to wait until the solstice. And uh, solstice has passed. Jack Frost has now entered into our realm. The Northern Hemisphere is in for it, folks. But also, I also noticed the rising cost of gasoline at the moment. The whole reason why uh, 
a huge reason why uh, we're making such strides in renewable energy right now is because gas alene is no longer being as profitable as it used to be. They are not being able to buy, uh, sell uh, oil at the same price. It's dropped significantly. And if the price starts to go up, then there'll be more capital for the oil industries to lobby or continue to solidify their infrastructure and influence within our system. So it's just an observation. Gas prices are going up, so maybe gas powers will be going up. Be aware, be stringent, be persistent, be consistent, and be prepared. Thank you for tuning in. DJ Kayla Kev is going to take it back away. Please don't be afraid to stand up and shake your behind. This is some great music, folks. I'm Dan Finn, and that was the Green Vaccine.
Sunshine